In the unprecedented times of the 2020 pandemic, our country's digital divide became widely exposed and the effects of increasing economic and digital inequalities became more apparent. As the founder and president of a technology firm, Ed Christmas questioned the reason for this, as well as the underrepresentation of blacks in the field of technology and entrepreneurship. On this podcast, Ed Christmas talks with guests about what is their why and the road they are on to bring our society to a place of greater economic and digital equality while sharing the good news of those making a difference. Welcome to The Road to Why, presented through the partnership of Cisco and Sology Solutions, a proud member of the African-American Cisco partner community. Welcome to The Road to Why, where we highlight individuals and organizations that are making a difference and having an impact in our communities. I am your host, Ed Christmas, and I'm proud to have joined me today, Ms. Tamika Herod, president of the Wilkins Group. Tamika, how are you today? I'm well, thank you. Thanks for joining us. It's been a while. We haven't been together in a while in person. I know we participated in the past, but as you know, on this show, we try to highlight the lack of blacks or browns in technology as well as entrepreneurship. And I know you, as the president of the Wilkins Group, uh, have done a lot to help in that area. So. I'll start off by asking you to give a little detail about the Wilkins Group and what you do. Sure, so the Wilkins Group is a multi-generational telecommunication services company. We're based in Richardson, Texas, just north of Dallas, and we are the hands that install the services that carriers promise. That's my elevator pitch. So what does that mean in more technical terms? We place fiber, coax, different cable, conduit, pipe in the ground, and we also maintain cell towers. So we're a wireline and wireless company that works with data providers, utility companies, communication providers, entertainment providers. So if anyone needs to communicate and they need a method to do that through, they call the Wilkins Group to put in that technology. Awesome. And you said multi-generational. How long has this been in so, business? We've been around since 1986. Okay. And so that's going on about year 37. 30, yeah. Yeah, and so I'm second generational. My stepdad founded the company, Tom Wilkins. Yes. He um, is now dearly departed. Yes. So I'm carrying the torch along with my mom, who's the company owner. And so we are proud to be a female-owned and operated company uh, based in Dallas, but we work throughout the United States. Our main base is in the Southwest. So we are working throughout Texas, Kansas, and Missouri. But throughout the course of our three plus years in business, we've worked pretty much throughout the continental United States. Absolutely. And we're just keeping it close to home now. The pie is pretty big in this area. There's a lot of growth. A lot of companies are moving to Texas, as we know. Right. So um, it's a great opportunity for us. Now you bring up Tom and bless his soul. <clears throat> he was a mentor to me when I started my business. So I uh, know him well, and that's how I got to know you. So talk to me about the, the customers you're dealing with. It's the big carriers like the AT&Ts, the T-Mobiles, and others. Who are your competitors in this space? Well, um, we have companies out there that do what we do. Similarly, um, they look a heard, little different than your they company. They look a lot different than we do. <laughs> I don't know of another second generational female owned and operated telecommunications right. company that does what we do, uh, but you might have heard companies like MozTech, right. DICOM. Um, man, I could just think uh, of. I know those guys. But again, the, dynamics, what I wanted to yes. highlight is the fact that female owned in business 30 plus years, uh, just been 
a fabulous reputation in the industry. So I commend the whole family for what you've done. Talk to me a little bit about your leadership as the president taking the uh, torch, so to speak, from Tom. Tell me what your style is. So my style is cool, calm, and collected. <laughs> I allow my leaders to lead and I give them the proper tools that they need in order to lead. So Tom prepared me by basically passing the torch about five years ago is when I was officially placed in the role, in the leadership role as president. So he was semi-retired uh, before he passed away. We might have seen him two or three times in the office for a week while he's wearing his golf clothes coming in and out. <laughs> we knew where he was leaving and we knew where he was headed toward. Mm -hmm. But my, my role in the company is to ensure that we are strategically placed for growth. So that means making sure that we have the proper contracts in place, that they're long-term contracts, that we also train our people properly. So I work closely with our HR department to make sure that we have training regiments in place. And I also um, work with our PR department to make sure that we're marketed well. And our sales team, who are mainly our division department leaders, mm -hmm. they have grow the business. So I'm a strategic thought person in the company. I carry on Tom's vision. Um, I work with our web development department so that our social media is also um, a little prevalent. Yeah. It's kind of hard to be working in the business and on the business at the same Absolutely. time. So that is a growth area where we do, we do want to expand our social media presence. So we do have a small web team and we have millennials in-house mm. that just naturally post on they social. We're like, you're in the field. Let me see some tagging of our company right. so that we can have some presence online. So I make sure that we communicate what we do internally, externally, so that people can see brown people in the field working and not just what they think that we aren't doing, like being an athlete or right. Um, just some of the stereotypical right. types no, of roles that we see brown people in. Right. Uh, it's awesome to be an athlete. It's awesome to be an actor. It's awesome to work in those traditional roles where you typically see minorities highlighted. But we like to show that we also can do technical work. Right. We uh, work heavily in STEAM every single day, uh, science, technology, right. engineering, and math. Absolutely. So, um, I just want to make sure that our story is told and is told in a proper manner. Awesome. So I'm the brand arm too of the organization to make sure that um, what we do is represented properly publicly. Awesome. You talk about diversity and I think I read something where you said uh, hiring the difficult to hire. And I may be paraphrasing there, but talk to me about that and what you meant by that as a leader. What I mean by that is we look at people who not, don't necessarily have the traditional kind of education, going through college, completing um, a certain academic degree, but people who literally roll up their sleeves and are self-taught or they learn um, through their education at home, um, if they are working on a farm or if they are um, working with their father or mother as a mechanic, so blue collar types mm -hmm. of talent is what we hire, as well as if there's a blemish on someone's background, if they've had an issue when they were a teen and had a run in with the law and might have a misdemeanor or even a felony that's over seven years old, we'll give them an opportunity. Uh, there was actually a, a young man who spoke at Tom's funeral. He talked about the mm. opportunity that he was given in St. Louis 
Um, he came to the Wilkins Group and we employed him and now he's a multi-million dollar company and no one else gave him a chance. Wow. And so those are the kind of people that we like to bring in who want to help themselves and, and we employ them to give them a trade so they can be back um, a giving person to society. No, that's awesome and I commend you for that. <clears throat> and again, what we see in technology, sometimes the minority companies have to look at other resources because it's tough to compete with the mass tech or some of the big guys that may be offering things that uh, other companies can't. So as far as your leadership, when it comes to that, um, do your customers know the impact you're having on communities? I the think they do. And others? I think they do because we welcome them to come to our office. And when they come in our office, they see color, they see diversity, they see females. They see um, us actually talking and we're walking, what we're preaching. What is it? Talking like you walk it, walk it like you talk it. Is that a rap or is, <laughs> I don't know, but it's like, you know, yeah. an example of showing where we're actually putting our money where our mouth is and we are employing people and they see it for themselves. We also um, work with nonprofits. Um, Jack and Jill of America is one that I mm. work closely with and we train um, students in STEM, okay. uh, ages two to 19. We have a classroom at our office. It's oftentimes um, on the weekends, uh, during school even, we have students in our classroom who are uh, learning uh, about technology and different STEM related Do you bring in outsiders students. to teach that or how is that done? We have brought in outsiders okay. and we also use our staff. Okay. So it's a combination of, of tools that we use to teach students awesome. in our office. Awesome. So when you talk about in the underserved communities, I saw you did highlight um, having a passion for the digital divide. So when you talk about some of these carriers that are part of the problem when we talk about digital divide, uh, what's your perspective of, you know, is that going to change? How does the Wilkins Group, you know, kind of foster that with your customers? Well, we have the disparity in the United States is when we have socioeconomically challenged areas where there's not fast internet. There's internet, but the internet is not fast, nor is it reliable. Also in rural areas, and oftentimes rural areas are populated by brown and black people, and they don't receive connection. Um, so they are then not able to get online, do their homework, and grow. So if you're not educated, then you can't give back to society. Then you go and do something that is not profitable from a way of giving back, but more or less making a $5 mistake that could impact a $10 million dream. Right, absolutely. And you talk about your volunteer and philanthropy as far as your mission there. Uh, and I think that's how you found your why. So on your journey, you talk about <clears throat> the um, community you had or the, the village that supported you. You talked about your mom, your dad, your stepdad, uh, your grandparents, and you know your wonderful husband. Um, as you know, in these communities, a lot of the individuals don't have that type of support. So, you know, how can we change that? Of course, we can't, you know, get them grandparents and moms and all of that. But uh, as companies, as individuals, how can we help uh, provide that village? That's a good question. What you're doing today is supportive because if they go online to look for female-owned mm -hmm. companies, hopefully they'll stumble across this right. podcast and see that there's a person that looks like them who is doing perhaps something they've never thought of doing. That's so just right. sharing opportunities with them. Also engaging them and going to them and not waiting for them to come to us. 
We have to go out to areas that are challenged and participate. Go out there and have job fairs. Go out there and set up a small shop so they can see my what a, a drill looks like. Mm -hmm. What is a directional drill? What does mm -hmm. it mean to bore? What does it mean to just trench? Go out there with the machinery and give them an opportunity to see it and also be the um, teacher to help train them. Right. Because if we don't do it, who's gonna do it? We have to look out for our own and our own doesn't always have to be our family. We have to care for our community similar to when my parents grew up. She could go to a neighbor's house and ask for food. My father could go to a neighbor's house and she would first ask, how did you do in school? And if he didn't do well in school, she would spank him. Right. And then he would get another spanking when he got home. That's just having that caring type right. of personal attention that we need to get back to, that old school mentality that we're our brother's keeper. Yep. And we need to watch out for one another, be it family or non-family. No, I totally agree. And caring is the key word. And again, <clears throat> these individuals want to participate in society, but they need a chance. They need to believe. They need to have hope. So you're absolutely right when they see the Wilkins group, when they see Sology or any other company that is maybe owned or operated by minorities, it, it gives them a vision. So we have to continue to touch these communities. So talk to me about your journey. Um, what do you think it was that put you in the position you are? You weren't always in the organization. Is that a fair statement? It is a fair statement. Yes. And what made you decide to get into the organization and then you know, how did you develop from there? So my passion was radio, television, and film. Okay. Similar to where I am here right now, I thought that I would be a journalist. I thought that I would go out and find news and report that news. I wanted to be a communicator. I wanted to be able to share stories. So ingrained in me is that liberal arts type of passion of talking and speaking to strangers, but diving in and getting to know more about them. So I went to undergrad at Sam Houston is where I received my bachelor's of fine arts in radio, television, and film. And I um, thought I was gonna get into journalism, but then I went on to SMU and got my master in arts. And from there, I started to dive into technical writing. Mm. And so I would take technical language and turn it into layman's terms when I was an intern at EDS. Mm -hmm. And so I worked at EDS for three years after graduate school as a technical writer. And when there was a buyout, when Ross Perot was selling mm -hmm. the company, when uh, GM was associated and right. they separated the company, they offered a buyout. And so I always knew I was gonna go into the family business into telecommunications. So it was an easy bridge to go from communications to telecommunications, right. but I would be working more behind the scenes than in front of the scenes as a reporter or as a writer, but more as a conduit, as a company that could bring the communication medium to those who would then look at the news, who would then find communication avenues. So. That's pretty much how I got into telecom and my journey. So it's not necessarily the traditional route of where I knew I wanted to go, but it was a connection because it was just who I am ingrained. And during that journey, you said, I want to give back. And that's where it made sense for you to do what you're doing today. Absolutely. I've always been a servant leader, even um, with my church. I work in the kids ministry. And so I give back to children there and I like to see them as they develop because they graduate from one grade to another. And I follow up to say, what did you learn today? 
or what are you going to you know do when you go to your new class it might be biblical but it's still having that older person who's taking an interest in them and who's caring and who's connecting where they're where they've been and where they're going um, even with my own children i have two teenagers and either i'm their friend or i'm not their friend <laughs> and i'm so thankful that we have a great rapport and they like their mom and i love them i love them unconditionally but i like when they want to just stay home sometimes and just have family time versus just being with their friends all the time because i think that they care that i'm contributing to their well-being and i have them involved in community service types of things awesome. that keeps them grounded and they also help me with giving back to the community by doing food drives we do meals on wheels and uh, different philanthropic types of activities but just showing that it's not just about our company, it's not just about our family, but how we can help one another. Absolutely. Talk to me, today's environment, as you know, is very uh, politicized and you know divided. And you talk about, <clears throat> you see the auto workers, the wage gaps that are, are showing up in every industry, not just the auto workers. Uh, and then you talk about <clears throat> the whole diversity hate, I'm calling it, I'm creating a new term, diversity hate. You know, what do you think has to change? Because this is just going to keep popping up. And, you know, as a minority owned company, I think it impacts and it impacts our community more than anyone, because those are the workers that are usually on those front front lines. Share yes. your perspective there. I think that each side, be it older people or younger people, be it entrepreneurs or corporate people, be it um, workers who are more formally trained or people who are on the job trained, they have to respect one another. There's not one that's better than the other. We need to look at each other to be fair and open-minded and have um, respect for one another. Respect, I think, has just left any type of uh, part of people's conversation. Mm -hmm. It's all about I, 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 and me, 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 and what can people do for individuals versus the other way around where people need to see how they can help or if there's an issue, how can they be part of that solution versus just complaining about it and not wanting to contribute to helping out. So I think if we respect one another more and if we be part of more of the solution than just complaining about the problem, that should help bridge that gap. Absolutely. So the key words you talked today about caring, respecting, uh, getting involved, so, you know, as we close out here, I would love for you to tell the audience more about the Wilkins Group. How would someone get a hold of you? How would they even uh, join your company, if you don't mind, uh, looking into the camera and sharing uh, how to reach you guys? Sure. So go to Wilkins.com. That's W-I-L-K-I-N-S. Yes, we've had that URL since the 80s. It was hard to come by and we've kept it ever since. So wilkins.com is how you contact us and we are hiring. So you could send an email to careers at wilkins.com or just go to our website and there's a contact us form on there and just put a note with your name, your cell phone number, your email address, and we'll follow up with you. We do on the job training. We just ask that you are a person who wants to learn, work outdoors and grow with an organization. And um, that's who we are and how you can reach us. You guys are doing great things to make it's a, a blessing to have you on the show. I commend uh, you and the organization and your, your impact on the communities. 
Uh, any closing words you would like to leave? Well, I appreciate you having me here today and what you're doing alone, because I know that you um, have had a long journey yourself and you don't pat yourself on the back enough. <laughs> so I just want to applaud Sology and Ed Christmas Thank and you. what you're doing and having the road to why. And I just hope that um, I can help you along that journey. We will get there. Thank you very much. So audience, I hope you enjoyed this discussion. Again, the Wilkins Group, terrific organization, over 30 years in business, doing great things in our community. So until next time, be blessed.